Welcome to the 434th episode of the Jamie Delaney Plant-Based Wellness Podcast. My name is Jamie Delaney and I'm your host. I'm a plant-based cardiologist and endurance athlete living in Southwest Florida. Welcome and thank you for listening. Countdown is actually starting for the Silver Rush 50-mile race in Leadville, Colorado, July the 8th weekend. So it's coming quicker than I would like it to. Um, Humidity is going up nice here in Florida, so heat training correlates to altitude training a little bit. So I'm using it to my advantage. It's a pretty hot weekend, though. Um, Tire pulling more often, so more days of the week. Um, Walking up my incline on the treadmill. Um, 5,280 feet times 15% grade, uh, repeat one mile to three miles. Um, So that's how I'm trying to accomplish training for mountains here in the flatlands. So um, time will tell if it's actually going to work or not. We'll see. There's a lot of talk about the gut microbiome, especially how it relates to the immune system how it relates to um, inflammation in general in the body. So uh, what you eat affects your inflammation directed by your gut microbiome, releases proteins, causes inflammation in the heart, inflammation in the joints uh, by what you eat. So diets heavy in oils can cause more inflammation in the joints. The microbiome is, uh, and the, is how we fight infections, our general inflammation state, so how we react to viruses, uh, infections based on our gut microbiome. But a lot of people don't think about how your skin is involved in your microbiome. And we really have a whole lot of surface area with our skin. And it's, uh, as I talked before in a previous podcast, the skin is a good way to get rid of toxins. And sweating is one of the best things. Some people say, I don't like to sweat. Some people say, I don't sweat. Um, Sweat can be trained. So the more you exercise out in the heat and acclimate, the more um, you'll be able to sweat. There are medications that decrease the ability for the blood vessels to dilate uh, and constrict effectively. Um, So they can decrease heat sensitivity or they delay uh, sensitivity. And of course, overall hydration can, can play a role in that. But the skin and the micro and the skin and the bacteria that's associated with it can be um, very important as we get old. Um, people um, often come into the office with frequent skin tears or thinning skin. Of course, we all know about aging skin. Um, Forget about, uh, I guess, put on the back burner uh, lesions of the skin, so they can be benign, or they could be a squamous cell carcinoma, or a basal cell carcinoma, or worst case scenario, melanoma. Um, those are cancers of the skin, but in general, aging of the skin as we get older it tends to lose elasticity, tends to wrinkle more, but also is a site of infection. So if people develop swelling in their lower extremities, it stretches the skin and the integrity is decreased, and the bacteria that reside on the skin can invade and cause what we call cellulitis or reddening of the skin. Uh, and it can become severe and actually infect the blood, the blood uh, system, causing a bloodstream in, uh, infection requiring IV antibiotics. We know that diabetics 
because of the glucose uh, and poor glucose control and different pH, um, the microenvironment of their gut microbiome, but as well as the skin microbiome also changes. And there tends to be more staph um, in diabetic skin. So they're much more prone to skin lesions, skin infection, rashes, bumps, um, and so forth. Often people will say what to do about um, thinning skin. Collagen is a big word that always comes up. Bone broth is another thing that comes up. So eat bone broth, take collagen pills. Collagen is a protein that's in the skin as far as uh, part of the matrix or the, 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 what holds the skin together. Um, if we back up just a little bit, uh, when we talk about skin, there's what we call an epidermis, which is the very, very top layer, and then down below is the dermis. And the top layer um, is where, uh, um, again, this is, is typically a very, uh, there's lipid rich, um, it is water insoluble, so it's supposed to be waterproof. Um, when we look at um, the turnover of skin, the epidermis is kind of the dead last bit of the keratinocytes, which are the cells of the skin. The dermis down underneath doesn't have much in the way of cells, but it has more of this lipid-rich barrier, the collagen, um, and it's kind of where the matrix of the, of the skin or the integrity of the skin is. So, um, again, as we get older, uh, we talk about our thin skin thinning. Um, so why is that? Uh, why do we all of a sudden lose collagen and elastic? And some people lose subcutaneous fat as they get older, so it appears that their skin is thinner. Uh, certainly muscle mass loss results in uh, a decrease in the skin integrity over skin barrier with fat, subcutaneous fat in, in the dermal layer. So that can be a problem. And hydration is typically a, a big problem. So we have a lot of people that aren't very well hydrated. And that, uh, if you think about it, if, you're, um, if our skin is like the leaves of a plant, so to speak, if you don't water, the leaves dry up and become crumbly, think skin. Um, so it's very important to stay hydrated. And what about sun? Um, you know, we've, we've had, you know, Fear the sun exposure, it's going to damage your skin, cause damage uh, to the integrity of the skin over and over throughout the years. Um, certainly it affects people of more of a northern light skin versus dark skin. Um, the more melan uh, melanin, um, the darker the skin. When you tan, uh, that melanin actually increases. It also increases the immune response. Um, so there's somewhat of a protective um, aspect of, of tanning. Um, nutrition, uh, people that are lacking in vitamins, vitamin C, vitamin E in particular, um, have a decrease in the ability to make collagen in the, in the protein matrix that holds the skin together. Um, and then again, just overall sun exposure, which generates, helps to generate collagen exposure. So it kind of all goes together. So if you have someone that's inside, not doing any exercise with uh, metabolic insufficiency or pre-diabetes or diabetes, 
um, you can see how the, thin, the skin can be a big reflection of overall total body health. If you're not doing any exercise, it's one way that you're not eliminating toxins, so you're having acu more accumulation of metabolic waste. Um, and so what do you do? Um, taking collagen is not the answer. Uh, if you swallow a collagen pill, it, it's broken down into its amino acids and your body has to put it back together somehow. And that's the whole problem in the first place. It's not that we don't have the raw materials to make collagen. There's something in our body that decreases. Uh, there's some part of making collagen that's faulty. So we don't make as much collagen. So whether you're making it innately or you're taking in amino acids or substrate or building blocks, you have to, have to be able to make it in the first place. And that seems to be the problem. But things that you can do um, is, you know, again, uh, number one, keep hydrated. Um, diabetes control for those with glucose intolerance. Um, getting out and getting into the sun to get the near radiation. So heating generates collagen production. So again, I'm not talking about going out and frying your skin, but getting UV radiation, near red radiation in the early mornings and early afternoon hours is, is really important. It's also gonna affect the microbiome of the skin. So people that never get outside, that are inside with an unhealthy microbiome inside are gonna to tend to have skin that's also unhealthy. If you've been on antibiotics for a prolonged period of time or, or a lot, then that can also affect the microbiome of the skin and, and what's, what's um, selected for. So you, people have heard of MRSA, uh, methicillin-resistant staph aureus infections. It can be very difficult to treat. Um, even worse is flesh-eating bacteria but all of those things result from the overexposure of bacteria to antibiotics that, again, select for these superbugs. So when you have animal products to eat, you're basically getting a dose of antibiotics because the antibiotics were given to the animal uh, and the factory farms. So you're also becoming more antibiotic resistant just because of the exposure of the animals that you eat in their microbiome. And of course, if you're eating dead and decaying things, you select for a gut microbiome, more inflammatory as well there. And um, that also changes your skin microbiome. There was a study that looked at near-red radiation and collagen production by the um, fibroblasts, fibroblasts, which are a type of cell, um, and they noted that the collagen production actually went up um, in, in about 50 to 75% of patients. They also had improvement of the color and the texture of the skin. Foods like broccoli, kiwi, mango, spinach, and sunflower seeds are very high in vitamin E. We need about 15 milligrams daily. That also helps to produce the collagen uh, of the skin. Vitamin C is also important in that um, reaction. So uh, a lot of the vitamin C in our bodies are actually stored in our skin. So um, we probably use more vitamin C as we get older. Maybe a reason uh, to supplement if uh, you're not getting the vitamin C intake that you think you should. Um, there was a study looking at college kids that had vitamin C with their alcoholic beverages. They had less sunburns. Um, so 
Vitamin C is helpful for, uh, to protect against skin damage from the UVA and UVB radiation. Again, the majority, uh, almost the majority of, of, radi of, of sun is UV near red radiation, uh, which is much more healthy than the UVA and UV UVB, which cause the skin damage. So um, again, don't be so uh, afraid to get some sun exposure and or heat exposure. When people eat a low fiber diet that's highly processed, that's also selecting for a microbiome that's less healthy. So, uh, you know, we, we kind of poo-poo what we eat and how it affects everything, um, but it's very much related to um, our whole body function, uh, especially since we have more bacteria living with us and more genes from those bacteria than we do our own genes. So what you eat is what you grow. There was a study looking at um, sauna versus running um, to heat the skin and to eliminate um, heavy metals such as nickel, lead, copper, and arsenic. And turns out that running and sweating um, actually eliminates more heavy metals than uh, a sauna would, um, mainly because you get your core temperature up uh, much more running, uh, especially running in the heat, than you would sitting in a sauna for 15 to 20 minutes. I hear so many people saying, I can't go outside and walk now because I, I, in, this, in this weather. And we're literally just getting into Florida hot, um, hot weather right now. Uh, it's been relatively cool up into the last couple of weeks. But, you know, people have turned off going outside. You know, it seems like once the, um, you know, temperature got above 70 degrees, then people, uh, you know, took to their comfort zones. That 72 to 76 um, temperature threshold that people tend to keep their house at. If the outside temperature is anything different, but that um, it tends to keep, keep people inside and avoiding outside and everything that goes with it. People that are deficient in B vitamins can have uh, frail skin or impaired wound healing, fungal infections of the skin and the nails, dermatitis. Just to clarify, you know, B vitamins include thiamine, riboflavin, niacin, pentothenic acid, peroxidine, biotin, folate, and cobalamin. Uh, we know that cobalamin or B12 um, is not very prominent in plant-based diets. Uh, nutritional yeast is one source. Um, so that's why we do a chewable B12. We like people's B12 levels to be uh, in their 500 range. Folate sources are very high in green leafy vegetables. Most of the other vitamins uh, are very rich in, in whole grains, as well as leafy greens, such as spinach, collards, turnips, romaine, lettuce, and so forth. So um, eating greens, a lot of older people don't get near the greens that they should. It's another reason to get your six cups of greens in, uh, in daily. Um, you know, a good source of whole grain. Uh, is, an, is another good uh, thing to make sure you have in your diet. So it's easy as a plant-based person to get your B vitamins if you're eating colorful foods um, and green leafy vegetables as well as whole grains. Another thing that can cause problems in the skin, which is not reported very often, is statin use. Um, there has been a variety of uh, 
dermatitis, um, um, skin rashes, cutaneous lupus, photosensitivity associated with increasing statins. Um, so that can uh, be a problem. The other part is that dermal layer has a lipid level, uh, a lipid rich core to it. And, you know, I don't think anybody's looked at, but we um, tend to be in a, a time where we are trying to drive lipid levels to all um, kind of abnormal lows. Um, probably when we're born, we have a cholesterol of 140, but there are a lot of people that are trying to drive lipids down into the low 100s. Um, and I'm not sure what that result will have on people as they age, especially, especially with skin health and skin integrity um, and a variety of other things. Um, so we know that statins can increase the dryness of the skin, making hydration more of a problem. Um, statins have been associated with tendon issues, um, specifically the collagen production in the tendons or the maintenance of healthy tendons. So you could infer that if there is a problem with the collagen in the tendons, there may be a problem with the collagen in the skin. So people that are on long-term statins could also uh, see a frailty of their, of, their, um, of their skin. So what's a person to do? Um, well, you know, again, healthy plant-based diet with rich and green leafy vegetables, got to go and, and uh, fruits and uh, goes a long way to increase your vitamin C, your vitamin E, your B vitamins that protect your skin and your heart at the same time. So back to nutrition, um, I think you can see where we're, we're kind of headed. So uh, again, put exercise in there, um, increase your ability to sweat, um, get rid of toxins. It, it all uh, goes along for making a healthy individual without much medical intervention. Um, and speaking of healthy, strong um, bodies, there was a study looking at um, leg strength tied to the development of heart failure after people have um, a heart attack. And they looked at uh, 932 people. This is in the European Heart Journal. And 81% of them were men. After they had a heart attack, they tested their quadricep strength. That's the, the, the muscle in the front of the leg. So if you think about extending uh, or doing a wall slide, so if you put your back against the wall and your feet about two feet away from the wall and you slide down to your thighs are parallel to the floor, that would be a wall slide. So the front muscle starts to contract. That's quadriceps. If you do a lunge, you're con uh, contracting your quadriceps. You go down a hill, uh, you need strong quadriceps muscle. So they're one of the biggest muscles in the leg. And if they're strong, um, tends to help out your heart. So whether or not um, chicken or the egg, perhaps, um, that if you have a strong quadriceps, uh, you're a little bit more fit in general, um, but you're able to pump blood back up and venous return back up to your heart so your heart doesn't have to work as hard, perhaps. But people that had um, quadriceps, so women needed 33% needed to be able to do a leg extension uh, as a measure of their quadriceps strength. So women, if they could do 33% of their body weight as a leg extension, that was considered a good quadriceps strength. And men ha had to do 52% of their quadriceps strength. Um, and they put them in a low strength versus a high strength group. And there was much less heart failure if you had good um, uh, quadriceps strength over the course of several years. Each 5% increase in um, strength was associated with 11% decrease in heart failure. Um, 
So quads are also connected to knees. Um, so it's one of the big sources of knee pain if there's tightness or weakness of the quadricep muscle. Um, so it's a good, um, a good muscle to strength strain. Wall slides, like I said, is a great way to rehab your knee. Um, single leg drops, lunges, leg extension um, are all good. And, and again, it comes back to you need to be strong, not necessarily to be a giant. Um, frequent, uh, a large, long, uh, lifting light weights a lot of time tends to build more muscle, but not necessarily stronger muscle, but doing body weight ep, uh, exercises such as lunges or lunges with dumbbells, um, a goblet. So if you grab a, a weight and a goblet front squat, uh, tends to put, um, you know, more strength into the quads, step-ups you know, stepping up on a step, back and forth, um, using your body weight exercise, go back, take the steps when you have a chance. Um, I have steps in my house. Um, I don't try to avoid going up them. So if I need to get something upstairs, I use it as a good reason to do strength training. So I don't regret going up and down stairs as many times as I can throughout the day. I have stairs at my office that I take but if you have the ability to go up and down stairs, it's a great thing. If you just have two or three steps, you can turn to the side and lower, um, bend your, the, the leg that's on the step, you bend that leg and let your uh, extended opposite leg just heel touch, heel tap and come back up. That's a great way to work your quadricep strength as well. If you're waiting on something to microwave, go up against the wall and do a, a wall, uh, a wall uh, slide for about uh, 30 seconds. That's a good way to um, build quadricep strength. So all good things to increase your strength, decrease your incidence of heart failure. I was listening to a podcast today about a gentleman who had a running streak of over 30 years. So for 30 years, he ran at least one mile every day um, until he got COVID. And that's really what ruined his streak. But he was asked, you know, why, why do it? Uh, why, you know, and, you know, and you may think that that's crazy. So if you got a cold, you get up and run your mile. If you, you know, traveling, you get up early to run your mile. So you just don't want to mess up the streak. Uh, even if you, you, ha you can't use crutches or a walker, to, uh, that would ruin your streak. So you have to run without the aid of something. Um, you have to run the mile, not run, walk the mile to keep that streak or to be in the book of running streaks. And uh, there were quite a lot of people that had years and years and years of, of running streaks. When I think about it, days seem like a long time to have a running streak. Something tends to come up for me that I, you know, if I'm traveling, I don't usually run on that morning. I'm going to the airport. Um, after a marathon, I may give myself a day off or two, uh, depending on how I feel. I'll go for a walk, but I, I won't go for a run. So I'm not a streak type person, but I do, um, I, I think it's a cool thing for people to have, you know, uh, such drive to want to keep this streak alive, which is largely driven internally. So how does that relate to nutrition and overall health? Uh, because sometimes when people continue that streak, it may not be in their, the health's best interest. If, you know, they have a fracture or their break or a sprained ankle and they run on it anyway, it may actually delay the healing somewhat. Um, so is it good for you? I, I don't know, but the fact that they can do it, um, I think, um, 
raises questions on, you know, consistency and the, and the reasons, you know, um, if I run every day, then I'll be considered a real runner because I do it. Or if I don't run, I might quit. So there, everybody has multiple different reasons for doing the streak of something in succession. Um, it's what I always done, you know, um, once you start it, I don't want to stop it. People don't know how to stop it. But um, how do you apply that to something good, say, uh, eating healthy? You know, can, how many days can you do a healthy eating streak? Um, most people that struggle only can put two or three days together before they blow their good, healthy eating streak. Some people go six months, but then they blow their healthy eating streak. And it happens the same way as kind of blowing a running streak. Once you don't have the streak anymore, it's like it never happened. It's over, it's done. Um, the thought of starting over might be too daunting. Um, and so people wallow for a while uh, before they get their streak started um, again to start eating healthy or uh, doing whatever they were doing and in consecutive days. So I think that's, you know, again, the, the biggest, the biggest, um, Thing I see in people when they can't maintain or achieve their weight loss goals uh, or their health goals is because they can't extend the streak any further. Um, and maybe they need more rules about it. Um, you know, what entails, you know, a good eating streak. You know, I think when we define things and put rules, I, I call it putting a fence around certain things that I don't do. But maybe it would be more positive to define what a good eating streak would be, such as how many days in a row can you eat six cups of leafy greens? How many days in a row can you manage to get four uh, servings of fruit or more? How many days in a row um, uh, you know, can you get 50 grams of fiber or more? Um, you know, those would be streaks to look at. And I think once you start streaks like that, it kind of um, pushes some other bad habits out of the way a little bit. If to maintain a streak of good eating, uh, you have to kind of get rid of bad eating. So, um, you know, it, it, uh, it's hard to get some of the, it, you know, it'd be hard to get 50 grams of fiber in if you were eating out, um, eating junk food. It'd be hard to get the, the greens in, um, in in the day if you were eating other things. Uh, so I think um, perhaps, you know, it might not be a bad idea if you're struggling to try to set up some sort of calendar for a nutritional eating streak that you could, you know, continue for, um, you know, the basis with particular goals in mind. Um, you know, sometimes people have how many miles that they want to run in a year uh, as a particular goal, or how many marathons they want to get in a in a year, um, but it could also be, you know, um, nutritionally what your cholesterol you want to achieve in the year, your weight loss number that you want to achieve for the year. Um, you know, so um, think about it and see if you could apply it to your own circumstance. But I I get motivation from a lot of people, even though I'm not going to do a running streak per se. Um, it makes me want to go out more often than, um, you know, just saying, oh, well, um, I can always do a mile uh, for the most part. Um, today was a good example. I had a pretty big running weekend and was just fatigued this morning, but I, you know, kind of managed to get out and get the mile and a half and the tire pull in. 
just to kind of get things started. Uh, and then one thing leads to another and you do some weights or you do some other activities, cross training, walking whatsoever. But if you have some sort of a, a rule set about, I'm going to do at least this much, I'm going to eat at least these things, it makes it um, a, little, a little better. We are entering farm, farmer's market season in most places uh, in the United States. Here in Florida, watermelons are coming into season, tomatoes are in season, uh, blueberries are in, in, in good season. Of course, mangoes, my favorite fruit, um, are starting to come in season, June, July, uh, early August. So uh, try new fruits, try uh, new vegetables, hit your farmer's market, you know, get the variety of greens, change things up. We had winter foods, more hot foods. Since it's getting hot, try to do more raw foods. Um, you know, more fruit, more salads uh, for lunch um, and see if you can improve your nutrition that way. Um, you know, we, uh, one of the keys, I believe, is to get the fruit and get it cut up. So we cut up a watermelon and have it in a big container so that you can kind of grab and go. Um, I have things available that I can see and ready, ready to go um, and, and cut things up. And, and so um, you don't kind of stare at a pineapple if you have that, you know, thinking I don't have time to cut it. Go ahead and get it cut up once you get it so that uh, you're, you're more likely to eat it. I don't prep my salads in advance. Um, I pull from the big, you know, the salad containers or chop up fresh kale. It doesn't take me any time at all. I kind of like doing that. I chop up my peppers when I'm, you know, right as I'm, I'm getting ready to eat. The more you do that, the quicker you get at it. Um, but I can make a big bowl of salad pretty quick uh, and, and be on my way. So um, fresh salsa is good this time of year on, on salads. You know, again, um, I'll add beans, beans and rice to my salad or put something else over top of the greens, but I make sure I always get that in. Still getting in mushrooms, uh, you know, several times a week. I like my different varieties of mushrooms. Also have a lot of B vitamins, um, vitamin D as well. So use the food to your advantage. Uh, if you're eating cocoa puffs and uh, Gardein burgers, you're not eating healthy, even though it might be vegan. So um, look for the fiber, look for the color, look for the variety, look for what's in season and uh, go for it. So uh, thanks again for listening. If you want to know more about our practice, you can go over to Dr. Delaney, D-O-C-T-O-R-D-U-L-A-N-E-Y, um, at uh, drdelaney.com. Um, you can email me at jamie at drdelaney, J-A-M-I, at Dr. Delaney, uh, to send an email or question. Uh, we have uh, multiple levels of practice with a full-time uh, registered dietitian that can help consult and get you on your way, turn your plate how you need it, um, again, we have a, a big interest in mobility and movement, so we have uh, those classes in our practice that are put on Zoom and up on our website for people to look at. Um, so move your body, eat colorfully, get out and get some of that near-red radiation to help improve your collagen production. And I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.